0: Welcome into four down territory. I am Kyle Madsen, the managing editor of NinersWire.com. Joining me as always is Doug Farrar, the managing editor of the Touchdown TouchdownWire, TouchdownWire.com. And Doug, week two of the preseason is in the books. Yes. we're rolling towards week three. And honestly, a lot going on in week two of the preseason. I'm one of those preseason doesn't matter kind of guys, but I'm locked in this year, man. It feels like it feels like the league's in a really exciting place.
1: Yeah, well, I'm one of those preseason can matter, and there's a whole lot of context sure. we just out last week on Ford on territory, and you know I yep. get a lot of it, but you know I'm
0: weird, so probably just <laughs> you are built different for sure. Uh, <laughs> for it, yeah, let's get to first down good here boy. now that now that we've got two weeks of the NFL preseason in the books. What's one thing? Let's talk sustainability. What's one thing that you've seen that you think will be sustainable in a good way? heading into the regular season
1: well kyle after a 2022 season in which it ranked 18th in DVOA overall i think the steelers offense is in for a major upgrade mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons second year quarterback kenny pickett looks to have taken several steps forward running back Jalen warren is an explosive play waiting to happen uh and i think he's going to get more carries uh, in relation to Najee harris than last year And the receiver group of George Godzilla Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Calvin Austin, Pat Frymouth, and Darnell Washington is going to be very tough to defend when those guys hit the field in waves. And it starts with Pickett, who has completed 9 of 11 passes this preseason for 113 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 149.1, which is pretty good. And the thing about Pickett in this preseason – the randomness, the sort of YOLO, off-script, what-are-you-doing stuff seems to be gone, especially throwing over the middle. Both of his touchdown passes, one to Pickens and one to Fryermuth, were both just darts over the middle. One was a nice timing throw, the one to Fryermuth, and the one to Pickens on a slant was just bang on with two def- defenders converging. That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that gave him fits last year. So I'm seeing a lot of things from this offense. Calvin Austin, who they drafted last year, lost his entire rookie season to a foot injury. He's back. He's making explosive plays. And as long as Matt Canada can, you know, sort of graduate to the second and third levels of the field, I, you know, I I just, they went nine and eight and missed the playoffs last season with that very ordinary offense. You got Mike Tomlin, you got a defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, We Mm -hmm. all know that. I think the Steelers are a team to watch out for. The more I watch their offense this preseason, and these are with the starters against Mm -hmm. starters, like, yeah, this is a different Steelers team. And they're not ordinarily known for explosive downfield stuff. I think this is the year it could happen.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stay on the offensive side here. I think the Jaguars are going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. And they were ninth in total DVOA. They were ninth in total DVOA last year. On offense, but they were sixth in passing DVOA and 20th in rush DVOA. And what Tank Bigsby has done in the preseason to me is what's going to I think be sustainable from the preseason. But then you just watch their offense as a whole. They've scored 53 points in the two games. I think that's a product of a depth and B what Doug Peterson is 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 doing for for that team. And then you've got Calvin Ridley, who's apparently just wide receiver Thanos. So you have a legit wide receiver one to pair with Christian Kirk. You add Bigsby to the backfield with Travis Etienne. I think you're going to see a leap from Trevor Lawrence. And all of a sudden, this Jaguars offense, that's going to average, you know, almost 30 points a game in the preseason might just be doing that come the regular season. Like, I know that the Jags have been on this ascension for a while, but when you watch them in the preseason, they look so crisp and they look like a team that is going to take a collective leap this year just kind of up and down their roster. And I think it's going to be driven by an offense. It's going to be one of the two or three best in the league. So are you
1: saying that Bigsby breaks your rule of ordinary, like ordinary size? Yeah.
0: Tank being ordinary? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. He is. He, you flipped your whole mindset
1: here. This is. this.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go exception that proves the rule. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. No, tank tank can play, man. He is, he is a very, very good player. And I think he just offers, a little bit of something that, that ETN doesn't at this yep. point as as a runner, and I think it's going to be huge for them.
1: He's the thunder to ETN's lightning, which is yep. great. And they needed yep. that. The other thing, and, and with Ridley coming back from the suspension, which don't get me started on that. Um, hi, we're the NFL. We're all in bed with gambling, so we're going to bust our players for really stupid stuff. Um, Ridley allows them to do what they needed to do last year and couldn't, which is push everyone one down the receiver depth chart. Yes, Kirk was the most prolific slot receiver in the NFL last year, but he's really more a Z and a slot. He's not an X iso guy. Ridley is. So now it's like everything is right with the world in that receiver depth chart. I want to see Lawrence handle things under pressure a bit better than he did. But really, when you consider the stuff he had to go through in his rookie season with Urban freaking Meyer, Mm. essentially last year was his rookie season. So I'm not, you know... I've seen enough development to think, yeah, he's, you know, I did my quarterback rankings uh, last week and he was seventh. He could bet the seven of the bullet, you know, he's he's Mm -hmm. coming up. So yeah, I think the Jaguars are definitely
0: for real. Let's talk about maybe some things that haven't been as good in the preseason. What are you, what are you seeing in these exhibition games that hasn't been good that you think might continue to not be good in, in the regular season?
1: Uh, The Panthers pass blocking, not great Mm. guys. Tough. (laughs) This really group tough. has a lot, five sacks, five quarterback hits, and 17 quarterback hurries per pro football focus in two preseason games. And the extent to which this is on the starters is the real problem. We have to start with left tackle Ikiu Kwanu selected with the sixth overall pick in the 2022 draft. And you go back to his tape at North Carolina State, and he was always more of a power guy and a mauler and a, you know, drive blocker and gap than a true pass protector. But, and I, he reminds me of Orlando Brown, and, and not in a good way, is that Orlando Brown is great as long as he's got the guy in front of him. But once that guy runs around the arc, mm-hmm. he gets lost. And I'm seeing the same thing from Aquanu. I saw it in his rookie season. I'm seeing it here, and it's almost worse. And that's really where mm. you get it. That's disconcerting. When a guy in his second year looks worse than in his first year, if there's an injury, which I don't know about, that's a different story. But um, he's been, you know, really vulnerable to that, and it's, it's shown up a lot. He's not the only one. Michael Jordan, not that Michael Jordan, allowed two sacks against the Jets in week one, one at right guard, one at right tackle. So I hmm. guess versatility is what you want. <laughs> uh, Cameron Irvin continues to underwhelm. Uh, This team hired Frank Reich and traded up a lot to select Bryce Young first overall to give that offense several shots in the arm. But if Young is under duress as much as he's been in the preseason, none of it's going to matter. And that whole thing is just going to fall apart.
0: Do you think it's something that they can fix by through game planning where you can move the pocket a little bit? Maybe get the run game going and and try and slow down pass rushes that way.
1: Well, you can move the pocket when, you know, one or two offensive linemen are the problem. If mm-hmm. you move the pocket and everyone's blocking horribly, <laughs> then you're just, you know, okay, let's run boot. Oh, no, wait. You've, you've seen this. Like, I mean, yeah. Mike McGlinchy, the 49ers right tackle, is a he's a good player, not great. Mm-hmm. And there were times when, you know, because Shanahan runs boot right all the time, mm-hmm. and there were times when that would run you right into McGlinchy getting beaten for a sack, and the quarterback's right, right there, and oh, goody, you know, bonus. Yeah. Um, I would expect a lot of quick passing. Let's put it that way. Uh, sure. <laughs> one step drop and go heavy RPO offense, a lot of mesh, just get rid of the ball because yeah, I, yeah uh, you're talking already about fixing it through game planning. That's not where you want to be with your offensive line. Uh, and yeah. Kyle, you have a surprising answer, which I, I'll, I'll ask a question after, but this okay. is, this is uh, intriguing and, and possibly very distressing for your uh, hometown team.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with something for the 49ers here. I think they might have a little bit of a of a problem on on defense. And that's not to say they're gonna have a, a bottom five defense or something crazy like that. But it wouldn't be a huge shock if in year one under Steve Wilkes they took a little bit of a step back, especially early. And the thing that sticks out to me is in two preseason games, they've allowed 280 rushing yards, 280 285 rushing yards, that is on 60 carries so it's four and three quarter yards per carry almost five a pop and the Niners last season they had the best run defense in the league and that was despite some injuries in the front and they kind of figured it out and they pieced it together and it's also worth noting Dre Greenlaw hasn't played Fred Warner's only played one series they haven't been running their starters out there a lot but this is a 49ers defense it's built front to back they want to dominate on the defensive line and doing that helps everybody in the second level and then in the third level that's how they want to dominate well. On their defensive line right now, every backup they have is getting chewed up on the interior. They have not been able to stop the run there. There's been a competition for the starting edge job opposite Nick Bosa, who has still not signed a contract as of Monday morning.
1: As of right now.
0: As of as of as we speak. And this competition is not going particularly well. It's like Cleland Furl is the front runner for that job. And then it's there's not anybody else really stepping up and so you start to look at a a 49ers defense that has thrived because of depth on its defensive line over the last four or five years and they don't have that this year and so part of me watches this team in the preseason I'm going I know it's vanilla I know they're not game planning I know it's not a lot of starters but this is a team that has relied a lot on non-starters over the last couple of years and those guys are getting pushed around a lot so it wouldn't shock me if the Niners defense takes a step back.
1: Well, this is not to impugn Steve Wilkes, who's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing I noticed about the Niners' defense last year, and being up in Seattle, I watched it a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the job D'Amico Ryans did. There's a reason the Texans gave him their head coaching. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable, game. man.
1: And it wasn't really – I mean, they did some overload stuff. and They would flip coverages, but it was, you know, four on the floor, nickel, quarters. You kind of knew what you were getting. But D'Amico had those guys so dialed in, and, and he sort of raised them all, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the guys who would come out of nowhere to be like pff, Lenoir or Tayshaun Gibson who made my top safeties list. I mean, mm-hmm. so it, I wonder – not that it's a brain drain. I don't want to say that. I don't want to insult Steve Wilkes. But the extent to which that D'Amico Ryan's put that all together, it was more it was more execution-based than scheme-based. Mm-hmm. And so when you remove the starters, that's one thing because, uh, you know, all your generational, your, you know, Bosa and, um, and Warner, I don't know how much Hargraves played, probably not a lot. It's
0: one easy. series. They yeah. gave him
1: the gross national product of France. To sign with him, He's awesome. <laughs> right. but, um, the fact that it's execution based instead of, you know, here, five different crazy schemes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, I understand what you're saying. I might pump the brakes on it a little bit until we see it the regular season, Mm -hmm. but with those sort of execution based offenses or defenses, when the guys who are charged to execute it, aren't there, Mm -hmm. then yeah, it can appear to be a mess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, a lot of it is a lot of it is depth related is are are there four starters on the defensive line going to have to play 95% of the snaps because they just don't have the the players that can execute behind them. But we'll we'll see as that goes for sure. It's it's something that jumped out in their first preseason game and then didn't get better in their second one, which is why which is why uh, I I definitely believe there's a little cause for concern there. Let's move on to third down here. Which preseason players impressed you the most in week two, but maybe not who you expected to be impressed by who jumped out that just got themselves on your radar in week two?
1: Well, I'll start with Raiders quarterback Aiden O'Connell, mm. uh, who's like a completely different guy than the one we saw at Purdue. Wild, man. Fourth round, I believe. Uh, where are these deep balls coming from? Last season for the Boilermakers, he completed uh, one deep pass, 20 or more air yards on two uh, two attempts for 27 yards. In two NFL preseason games, here he has six deep attempts, completing three for, 90, for 83 yards. Wow. And he's really more comfortable with the deep ball getting the ball, you know, in, you know, in rhythm, reading defense, getting it to the intermediate and deep levels in a way that I just, I didn't see, you know, see, look at the stats and it's great. But you're thinking if you watched him in college, Oh, captain check them, not at all. Yeah. He's been smart, efficient, and cool under pressure. And you and I both know that when you're leaning on a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, your backup had better be ready. And I think O'Connell just might be, um, Another guy I didn't really expect. Well, I, when I watched Carl Brooks of Bowling Green mm-hmm. in this draft analysis process, I loved him because you don't see a lot of 300 pound guys winning as an edge rusher, but he had seven sacks and 53 pressures from the edge. He did that a lot. So the Packers slugged him, slugged him in the sixth round. They put him all over the line in two games, and he's responded very well with two hits and two hurries against the Bengals and Patriots And 48 pass rushing reps. He's been getting a lot of his pressures as a three-tech, a lot of just disruption against double teams included. But watch out for this guy wherever he's line, because, I mean, and the 49ers do this a lot, so you've seen this. The guy who can line up all over the place in today's NFL, that's the one you want. That's the guy who's going to get regular season snaps. So Carl Brooks, file that name away, Packers fans. Uh, Speaking of edge, I originally pegged Wisconsin edge rusher Nick Herbig as kind of an effort guy who popped up on tape from time to time, but based on his work with the Steelers through two preseason games, I've had to alter that view. He Hmm. has been an absolute terror off the edge with two sacks against the Buccaneers and another against the Bills, and he gave Buffalo starting tackles all kinds of problems last Saturday. He has a kind of speed around the arc and bend to turn blockers around that could make him a major force in the line that already has T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. Ready to go nuclear, and Watt has already been showing his fellow Wisconsin alum the tricks of the trade, and it shows up on tape. So I think the Steelers are now going after Wisconsin edge rushers, where they used to go after uh, Mac receivers in the third round. Uh, they, Great, you know, have a type <laughs> working for them. Uh, I'll finish with Lions cornerback rookie UDFA cornerback Stephen, not Stephon Gilmore, the younger brother of the five-time Pro Bowler. Mm. Uh, not with the same fanfare UDFE from Marshall as opposed to 10th overall pick from South Carolina, I believe, but against the Jaguars, he had an interception, a nice pass breakup. That Lions secondary is in a little bit of flux. Um,
0: kid could make the team. You never know. So yep. those are my guys that, that stood out in the preseason. Kyle, what about you? I've got a couple individuals here, but I want to go with the Texans offense just kind of as a whole first, because I love what they did for CJ Stroud, whose yep. debut was a mess. He was under pressure. He's going two of four. He throws a pick. But they this in this past week, in week two, they stalled out on their first drive because of a blown blocking assignment, and then a mix-up with Stroud and, and his tight end on what would have been a touchdown. But then after that series, they came back. They dialed up some easy throws for him. They got him out of the pocket on a bootleg. He made a good throw on the move there. And then they got their run game going with Damian Pearson. All of a sudden, this offense, this first-team offense that looked disastrous and like they might not score a point in week one, comes back in week two and you the pieces start to make sense and you kind of start to see what the picture is going to look like or what they want the picture to look like not that that's going to happen this year they're still a couple players away on that side of the ball but you see the direction and i thought that was a just such a dramatic improvement from week one that i i wanted to highlight them uh, yeah. as as a unit here because I, I i really liked what they did against miami now, a couple individuals to, to to shout out here. Eagles running back Trey Sermon, who went for 54, 54 yards and a touchdown on five carries. He's a former third-round pick of the Niners. He looked elusive. He looked patient. He had an explosive run on a 32-yard touchdown. Just looked like a player, a different player than the one who hasn't been able to carve out any kind of real role through his first two NFL season. So love to see that for Trey sermon. He's also re- returning kicks for Philly. And it'd be really cool to see the former third round pick carve out a, a real role for, for a good team this year. And he appears to be doing that. And then Skylar Thompson, for the dolphins, their quarterback <laughs> goes 15 of 22 for 157 yards and three touchdowns. That stat line becomes even more impressive when you watch his first two drives. It was a mess, yeah. but as he started getting comfortable, it starts to look like a player who, hey, man, if two is out for two, three weeks, Skylar Thompson can come in and run this offense. It's a little bit 49ers-ish in that there's so much speed and there's so much explosiveness and there's so much creativity. They don't need that much from the quarterback position. And Skylar Thompson looked super comfortable. And like I said, he threw for the three touchdowns. So Miami's in a pretty good spot with their backup quarterback situation. And I think Skylar Thompson is is a capable player in that Mike McDaniel offense.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he was kind of thrown into the fire uh, when two of yeah. Concussions cut up to him last year. He was in the playoff game, you mm-hmm. know, but he was <laughs> seventh round rookie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. And the thing about Stroud, just a ball placement ninja. Oh. And if you have that sort of Shanahan light offense under Bobby Slow, Slo- Slo- who used to work with Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's just so good in that with the play action, the motion. His college numbers of play action and motion were just insane. Like mm-hmm. seventeen touchdowns, one interception. Eighteen touchdowns, two interceptions. So yeah. Um, it was nice to see Stroud, who was my QB1 in this process, um, look more like he looks.
0: Yeah, yeah, looked very much looked more like C.J. Stroud in week two than he did in week one. So let's look ahead to the final week of the preseason. What are you looking forward to the most?
1: Kyle, I'm looking forward to Aaron Rodgers starting his first game with the Jets and probably getting an Ayurvedic cleanse right. <laughs> Um, I want to see what version of Rodgers the Jets traded for, because in his final season with the Packers, he completed, uh, what was it, 64.6% of his passes. That's his fifth lowest completion rate uh, of Rose career as a starter, third lowest touchdown rate, fourth highest interception rate, lowest adjusted net yards per attempt, and his lowest passer rating. Now there was the thumb injury. I think that was in week five, um, the London game but the splits before and after weren't really that different. So is it, he's, you know, I'm a man, I'm 40. Uh, this <laughs> is 40, all the 40 jokes. Um, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, kind of where he is. He, you know, he wasn't in a, a, an offense he was happy with last year. Everyone, mm-hmm. we, we know that. Now he's reunited with Nat, Nathaniel Hackett, so he's calling the shots. And in Garrett Wilson, he has the most talented receiver he's had since Devontae Adams. Yeah. So he gets his first start against the Giants. And Wink Martindale, their D.C., you know this. He will throw cover zero blitzes at you in the preseason because he does not care. He's not throwing bombs at referees in week two of the preseason. I love Wink. Yeah, he's, just, he's that kind of guy. So this is as close to regular season game speed for Rodgers as we could possibly hope for. And, you know, with the hard knocks and all the personality stuff and whatever, um, I, I'm highly intrigued to see how much of that offense we see and how much of peak here
0: in Rodgers we see. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the right answer. Just objectively. (laughs) I think, I think the Rodgers thing is, is the right answer. Like this is a league altering move that, that happened this off season and whether the Rodgers with the jets thing works out, it becomes one of the great stories in the NFL. If it doesn't, it becomes one of the great stories in the NFL for for the opposite reason, but either way, his debut against the Giants at MetLife Stadium, it feels like a, a little bit of a moment in NFL history, whether, like I said, it turns out for, for the better or for the worse, but I'm going to stay in this vein and I'm going to say I'm looking to see, looking forward to seeing if Jordan Love can finish this preseason mm-hmm. with a bang. Yes. There's still some signs of inexperience there for sure with him. I think some of his decision-making has been a little questionable at times. And he panics under pressure a little bit, but you see him grow within the game and you see the signs of of what the Packers liked when they drafted him in the first round. So I would like to to see him improve a little bit more in week three of the preseason. I'm looking forward to see if he maybe plays like a full half and really let him get rolling with, with that offense. I'm excited for the Packers to share. I'm excited for Jordan love. And I, and I want to see what that looks like in the final week of the preseason.
1: I like the confidence I've seen this preseason. I like the mobility. I like the, you know, just the, the mindset to turn it loose. And maybe it was yeah. just having Aaron Rodgers out of the building. Cause you know, I know when Jalen hurts was named the starter, like, okay, you don't have to compete with anyone. You're the guy mm-hmm. and a, a switch just, went off in his head and that's right kind of when started to become
0: him all caps and maybe he loves that same kind of dude yeah i'm i'm sure hoping so he's an exciting young player for sure well doug we have one more week of preseason football and then we get to actually dive into the real thing i cannot wait to get into it with you thanks so much everybody for watching make sure to tune in next week we will have a preseason recap here on four down territory doug thanks so much man thanks everyone